Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Finding My Voice. Gonna be a little shorter episode because I was out partying this weekend at a friend of mine, Hannah's, I can say her name now, Hannah. And uh, I learned a thing. I'm gonna tell you about the thing and there's even a segue to a role-playing thing. And here we go. You see, I went to this party that Hannah threw. You know, the, the, the first person I ever came out to. And this episode's going to be about how the structure here is all messed up. But yes, it's going to be about the sharing of information and the messages. Do it. Because you see, um, I went there a little early uh, so we could get ready and that kind of thing. And uh, the thing with, because I came out very late and, but I've always been, I've always been known who I am, uh, as you know, as a trans person. And I, um, I missed out on a lot of conditioning that I wish I had. I mean, obviously, like, femininity isn't something you have to have as either a cis woman or a trans woman, but for me, it kind of, it feels at home, so I would like to be good at things that I just was never taught. And one of the things is my hair. I like my hair, but I can never get it to behave. It's always just really, really frizzy. I do my best. I read up on it, and I see other trans women the same, like, I missed out on all this conditioning. I don't know how to fix my hair. I read up on, like, I'm getting the right kind of conditioner, that kind of shampoo, and, you know, you leave it in for a certain amount of time, and then I have a hairbrush with me all the time and always brush my hair. My mother always told me, always brush your hair, even before she knew I was trans. And, like, I, I, I can brush it, and it's fine for a few minutes, and it's frizzy again, like, super frizzy. And I just started to feel like, all right, I'm just doomed to look like a frizz ball, you know? Is that a word? Okay, it is now. Um, and I think a lot, for a lot of trans women, it is like this. But at Hannah's place, she said, Darling, we gotta do something about your hair. And I'm like, Yeah, but what? Like, nothing works. And she pulls me into to her bathroom and takes this bottle of agave oil. And first of all, she says, Honey, don't brush your hair. I'm like, what? No, you, that's how you that that that's how you like straighten your hair. You know, you brush it. That's how it works. No, but you have wavy hair, like I do. I learned this late too. I was teased for being frizzy, but when you have wavy hair, don't brush it. Only brush your hair when it's wet. And no one ever said that to me before. Like, what? I always thought like, if I don't brush my hair, I'm being lazy and I'm doing it wrong. But no, don't brush your hair. And then she. Run, ran her hair, her fingers through my hair with that oil on it, just a few seconds, and bam, the frizz was gone. My hair fell into place, and it was incredible. It was beautiful, and I just wait, wait, what just happened? That was that, did you just did you just perform a spell? Because <laughs> that's what it seemed like. It was my regular frizz in the mirror, and then her fingers and boom, perfect hair. Like wow. And then she took out this uh, the spray of salt water, and she's like, all right, and now we're going to give you the beach look. I'm like, what, beach look, what? And she sprayed my hair with salt water, and it put some frizz back, but a different kind of frizz, a more, like, airy, kind of nice frizz. And, like, don't brush your hair. Easy. <laughs> put some of that oil in your hair. Boom, you're done. And then if you want some extra frizz, that's good, a good frizz, a little salt water. It took seconds. It literally took seconds. To, to get over a problem I've had for years and just struggled with and then gave up with. It was so easy. And wow, thank you, Hannah. My gosh. 
you have changed my life in a, well, you already have it in a lot of ways, but this was such an easy little tiny bit of information that was denied to me, and now I have it, and it's wonderful. Like, what? How could I have not have been told this sooner? So trans women out there, if your hair is wavy, well, everyone out there, if your hair is wavy, do not brush your hair. Easy rule. How come nobody knows it? My mother did not know this. Uh, she said, oh, your hair is frizzy, brush it, brush it, brush it, brush it. Uh, basically meant I had to brush my hair every second for it to not be frizzy, because it got frizzy again after a minute. All right, that was the lesson about hair. Wavy hair, don't brush, put some hair oil in, and then if you want a little bit of sexy frizz, uh, salt water spray. Boof, done. So nice. I am so happy about that. But it is funny that such an easy bit of information was like a national secret. Why? I don't get it. Right, segue that. Two role-playing games. Oh, and there as well. Co uh, communicate things. This is going to be a slightly different point, and it's a weird segue in some ways, but I do think this is an important thing, because this tends to happen when I play. The way I play, I like to go into character, and I don't metagame, and I don't say it as like just a point of pride. I know some aspects of metagaming is fine. Sometimes you need metagaming for certain things. Uh, but I... To the extent that it's possible, I like to play authentically as much as I can. I do not act on information my character does not, character does not have. But a lot of people play differently. Um, I remember in a vampire campaign, I've spoken about the character before, Nell, my vampire, uh, Gangrel, from Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, she ended up losing a lot of humanity points because of me playing her with this principle. Another player was my mentor. You see, I played a new and fresh vampire that hasn't learned anything. And the person who played my mentor um, is like a Vampire the Masquerade buff. He knows everything. And I think they kind of expected me to know everything too. And I know a lot of things. I'm not a super buff in that specific game, but I knew a lot of things. But my character didn't. And here's the thing. Yeah, I... It's what my character would do. I don't like that as an insult, because I always do what my character would do. But, but you know, what it really would do. You know, not trying to just be an asshole about it. I, I just want to be authentic. And he was my mentor. The character um, uh, was my mentor. And he didn't really teach me a lot of things. And you know what? He was a he was a chaotic, anarchistic kind of mentor so that, that fits with the character. So I'm not saying he played him badly. But it had some... It had some consequences because Nell never learned, or until for a very long time, didn't learn that you can drink blood from a mortal without killing them. Uh, well, of course, she, she knows she could do without killing them, but the the first rule she knows she must never break. The first, the only thing she learned from the beginning was the masquerade. Do not ever let mortals know that vampires exist. That is the biggest no-no in vampire society. And that's pretty much the one rule she really followed. Nell was super, <laughs> super chaotic. Um, but yes, she was sure. Okay, never let mortals know vampires exist. And that means every time I drink blood from a mortal, that mortal has to die. Can't leave witnesses, right? Sounds perfectly logical. Until, like, one day, when Mayhem, that was the name of, of my mentor, saw, like, a stash of bodies I had hidden away, and he was like, What is this? What have you done? 
why have you killed all these people? And like, I'm a vampire. That's what we do. No, we don't. What? Why do you do this? I'm like, but, but, but I have to drink blood and I can't leave witnesses. And he was like, but now they get confused when you feed from them. They forget what happened. Oh. Well, that would have been good to know six months ago. <laughs> so that, like, when you when you kill people like that, you lose humanity. But that's one of the reasons she was so evil. Like, well, evil is... is she did have some morals, and she did care about her friends in her own way. But she had lost a lot of humanity because of thinking she had to kill to survive. And that was such an easy easy piece of information that could have changed it a lot. And it just didn't happen. Um, I'm not complaining so much about this particular thing because it kind of fit Mayhem's character to be to, to not be the best mentor. And it kind of made Nell fun in her own chaotic, evil way to play. But it's an interesting thing to observe in role-playing. And it's kind of a... We need to be aware of what do we know and... And, and how do we want to play? Because I, I can see some people wanting to dive into the lore and play characters that know a lot about the lore, whereas other people like me want, like, I want to find out along my character, and if I know what my character doesn't, I, f I try to forget it while I play. So this things, these things need to be worked out when you start playing. And yeah, we started this campaign before sessions, Session Zero became a thing, but I don't think Session Zero's often talk about this particular aspect and I think we should. I think I'm going to start doing that. Like, are we going to act on lore that we might not have? I've seen this in D&D &D as well. People know about the Pantheon and stuff about other religions that the character has without really um, without really being a character that might have understood this. As if it's, you might want to play in a world where all the religions are common knowledge. In that case, your, your character probably does know. But unless that has been, you know, specifically said, I'm just going to assume I don't know these things unless I've studied them. For me, that's fun. And But if people around me just seems to know everything, I just seem like a bit of an idiot. It's fine. I, I like playing idiots. <laughs> it's fun. But, yeah, I think everyone needs to be on the same page for this to work. I mean, I had fun with... All the characters this has happened to before, but if this happens a lot, I can see it becoming a bit of a drag. Um, if it just if it's always this way, I don't think it should be. Me personally, I would like to find things out as the character. Uh, we can always there can always be a middle ground. Obviously, uh, we can set how much people know, but I think it needs to be made clear. It's an aspect of a session zero I haven't seen done a lot. But my suggestion to myself as well, I'm just kind of figuring out as I'm talking now, is to talk about how much of the lore do we actually know and how much do we need to in character find out before we can act on it. Because I understand if you're not exactly like me and, and wants to, you know, go in blank. But... As long as the entire group is kind of like on the same page or where to be. And fine, one character might be a lore master and they'll know more. Clearly, that's that's what they're for. And I think, yes, that, that that's a good point, actually. If somebody do wants to make an effort to play someone who's well-read, 
then it'd be unfair to that player if everybody is well-read just because the player knows about the lore. So a character that's well-read should benefit from that. So those are my two cents. I don't think this is a hot take. I think most people would agree with me. And I don't think people metagame on this level on purpose. I just think it's a thing to be aware of. And if it's a session zero, you bring it up, um, talk about it, then people go, oh yeah, and then they'll remember it when playing. I'm not pointing any accusatory fingers. It's an observation I think is worth it. So, what do you think? Was this, <laughs> was this like a good segue talking about finding about how, how to make uh, my hair less frizzy and then just leading it to sharing information? I think, I think it was good. I think it works. It's late and I can't, I don't have time for a long episode, but I think this is a fun short quickie, isn't it? All right, um, before I go, um, a friend of mine, um, well, two friends of mine, I've, I've got feedback from which characters people want to see interviewed. And so far, the favorites have been Sapphire, my princess, that's based on uh, a character from the Oz books, and Sweetnose, Sweetnose, uh, the former cat the, tur- the former cat turned human. I mean, I- I've already spoken as Sapphire, so you can go back a few episodes and listen to her talk, me talk as her. Um, so I'll do that. I'll happily do it again if as if more people want Sapphire interviewed. I do think Sweet Nose would make an interesting interview, though. A really weird one, but good weird, I think. I hope. <laughs> so, all right. Um, I'm gonna go to bed uh, as soon as I've uploaded this and uh, some feedback now. I really want to make one of these interviews happen, so please tell me who should be interviewed, which of my characters should be interviewed. Oh, it's almost time for GothCon, by the way. Yes. Yes. Uh, three episodes for now, I will talk a lot about GothCon. But uh, until then, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye.